This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You don't have it anymore! You don't have it anymore! It's mine! It's mine! I've got an insatiable appetite for life, and I want more, more, more! And I'm a victim of what came out of your demon-infested womb. I think I'm going to go to the nearest nudie bar and, and have a drink. <laughs> Come on, Tajiri, you're coming with me. Come on. You take me to him. Take me to the son of a bitch. Take me to him. Come on. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. Where's the son of a bitch? Where is he? Where are they? God, where are they? Well, actually, things are going real well with the XFL. I'm glad you asked. Life sucks, and then you die. You violated me, Austin. You violated me. Heal. Heal this woman's breast. Heal this woman's voluptuous breast. You feel it? I feel it. You know what I see? I see your mother. I see two spoiled, ungrateful little rich bitches. That's what I say. I enjoy destroying lives. And watch, I can even make my ass do tricks. Watch this. <laughs> Don't touch the cheese. Riggles down a little bit. Kiss my ass. What do you think you're doing, Austin? That's your best friend out there. And you're taking it easy on your very best friend. Damn it, Steve, come on! Open him up! You and God versus me, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and the product of my semen, my son's shame! You might have some support from this audience, but 95% of them are idiots! My testicles are the size of grapefruits. I'm going to inject the WWF with a lethal dose of poison. Oh, Sheldon, you may not realize this, but you're an African-American. Vengeance. Vengeance is mine. Ashes to ashes. Dust to dust. Uh, you, you see? This is what's going to happen. Terrorists are going to burn down The Undertaker's house. I am no pervert. <laughs> I'm going to send Shawn Michaels down to the fiery depths of hell. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, well, there's a lot to unpack there. It's my music! Break it down! Oh, you didn't know? Stand back! I'm a nice man! I'm a seat back! Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Eat me! You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 108, and it is about the themes of the illustrious McMahon family, Vince, Linda, Shane and Stephanie. And today I am joined once again by a contributor at Voices of Wrestling. He is also one of the hosts of the WCW Days of Thunder podcast. It's Lee Malone. Hello, Lee. Hello, Andrew. Thank you once again for having me on this wonderful show. I'm glad you're back on. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how have things been uh, in your neck of the woods lately? How are you doing? Holding up with all that's going on in the world, still, still getting through and hoping for uh, better days. But I think it's a uh, very uh, fitting that an Irish icon in the wrestling world is on to talk about a great Irish, in, in vertical commas, 
wrestling family. <laughs> <laughs> Very fitting, I suppose. Very fitting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, things are just trudging along here too. Um, I did get my first dose of the vaccine a few weeks ago and that went smoothly. Um, I'll get the next one a few weeks from now and hopefully that goes smoothly too. But, um, but yeah, I mean... We're not far advanced here in Ireland at the moment. It's still kind of the, the over 60s and 65s are getting at the moment, so... Yeah, things are not as sunny in other parts of the world as far as that goes. Yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, but uh, I guess, uh, speaking of my health, um, I did uh, injure myself a few days ago. Uh, I tripped over a PS4 controller cable in my room. And uh, I jammed my toe into the floor, and it was hard enough to cause a small fracture in my toe. So I have to, you know, buddy tape it for a few weeks. Um, I mean, the pain isn't bad. There is pretty much no pain at all. But it's just annoying that I have to, you know, walk with a limp for a little bit there, Lee. So Yeah, you'll you'll feel it for a couple of weeks as you're walking. But um, see, the answer there is just get, get, you know, a mobile scooter. (laughs) (laughs) Get one of the the, the, uh, Ric Flair type wheelchairs. Yeah, or the uh, the John Laurinaitis people power scooter, you know that, that yes. one too. Um, but yeah, I mean it's, it's it's funny. I had never broken a bone or fractured it in my life before, ever. So my streak came to an end in the dumbest way possible. There, <laughs> but you can blame uh, Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but really, this whole thing is just driving home the fact that I could never, ever, ever be a wrestler because you know there are wrestlers who fight injured and fight through pain and deal with shoulder injuries and knee injuries and whatnot. I stub my toe and it's like, I'm out, I'm done. That's it. No more. Like I can't imagine living that lifestyle there, Lee, you know? No, uh, I couldn't possibly do it all the time either. Um, yeah, it, it's not for me and hopefully it's not for anybody that I care about either <laughs> because wrestlers, as we all know, are the dumbest people in the world generally. Yeah, a, a complete lack of self-preservation for yeah. our entertainment, pretty much. That, that's what it is. Oh, yeah, so. I, love, I love them, but God, I couldn't do what they do. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, to put it in perspective, I did watch UFC last weekend where Chris Weidman straight up broke his leg in the first 20 seconds of the fight by kicking it really hard, and then he stepped back on it. So, you know, maybe my bruised toe isn't that big of a deal, I guess, in comparison there. So, <laughs> In the broader sense of things, yeah, I think you'll get through it. Right, right. Uh, well, anyway, Lee, enough about that. Uh, we are here to discuss the themes of a wrestling family. And there are a lot of families in wrestling. The Hearts, the Von Erichs, the Anoais, the Guerreros, the Roses, the Flares. The list goes on and on and on. But the most powerful family of them all the one at the center of the WWE empire is, of course, the McMahon family. Vince, the head of the household, Linda, his loyal wife, Stephanie, his little princess, and who could forget dear rat boy, <laughs> a.k.a. Shane. Um, <laughs> you know, Lee, if we just talked about the McMahons themselves and their various histories and exploits and character traits and storylines, we'd be here for about... Ah, 50 hours or so, because there is just way too much to talk about in that regard. But we will talk about their entrance themes, because despite being the main engine behind the backstage stuff with the day-to-day and creative and all these corporate decisions and whatnot, and how time-consuming that can all be, they've also been part of the on-screen product for for decades now, complete with storylines and characters, and feuds, and weddings, and fugue states, and and entrance themes as well. I mean, it's been over 20 years at this point of McMahon's on TV, in storylines, Lee. It's a long time. Yeah, I suppose when you think about it, like, what, it was 1997 was really the first Vince storyline, and ever since then, they've been, if not an ever-presence, um presence on tv they've been around for i want to say the majority of the last what 25 years so yeah it's like like i grew up with the mcmahon family in my life which is a strange thing to say but like i i grew older and watched shane just become an old man in front of my eyes (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no god they've been around so long and like you said there's so many tangents you could go on but we won't 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you, the McMahons have been part of my wrestling fandom forever because I can remember first watching WWE and Vince was feuding with Stephanie on SmackDown and Stephanie was the GM there and uh, they had that I Quit match where Vince was choking out Stephanie with a pipe and Mm -hmm. there was uh, then the Buried Alive match with Undertaker where Vince just bled buckets and uh, on Raw, Shane was feuding with Kane because Kane tombstoned Linda on the stage and it was just violent and insane. And that was 03. And yeah, both before that time and long afterwards, we have had just a deluge of McMahons all over the WWE product. And it's ebbed and flowed over the years. You know, nowadays, it seems like Shane is the one doing all the, the storylines, really. But, you know, for every McMahon moment you can think of, 10 more pop up. I mean, mm-hmm. Vince versus God, the higher power, the Austin feud, the Shawn Michaels feud. The Authority, um, Linda low-blowing JR that one time, <laughs> The Invasion, uh, The Miz feud, um, The Braun Strowman feud that just happened. You know, there's just way too many to name there, Lee. It's incredible. <laughs> just just hearing you mention the uh, Vince versus God feud, Vince and Shane McMahon in the uh, church <laughs> is, is one of the great pro- like, um, pre-taped promos or skits in uh, WWE history. It's just a great moment. Yeah, Vince doing the Triple H water spit with the holy water and the God entrance at Backlash with the funky music. Like, it was great. (laughs) I mean, say what you will, but you can't deny just how entertaining they all could be. I mean, the Mr. McMahon character is one of the greatest villains in wrestling history. Uh, Stephanie, also really good at playing the villain in, like, the McMahon-Helmsley regime. Um, Shane, I mean, my God, Shane endeared himself to everybody by just jumping off high shit like a maniac and <laughs> taking what? crazy bumps and almost dying. Um, and Linda was there too. So, you know, Which, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we should say Shane only stops doing the really high jumps off things, what, maybe two years ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I mean, you know, to be honest, you can see why they've been around for so long because those characters were part of the Attitude Era, the most successful period in company history. And like a lot of things in WWE... They've kept going back to that well to try to get that success back. You know, it worked before, damn it, it'll work again. And I'm sure ego plays a part as well, naturally, but they just didn't know when to quit. And they just kept using them as storyline players, and it just, it got really oldly. Yeah, the the whole thing of being on screen for the past 25 years is they never really went away. And we never had the opportunity to really miss them. And like you said, there's just been so many combinations of Vince and Shane are together now and they're going to destroy everyone to Vince and Shane are feuding now to Stephanie is aligned with Vince. Oh no, she hates Vince. And there's been, like you say, so many different combinations and permutations of it all that we've kind of seen it all. And now it's just, yeah, like they're, they're not kind of as looked back as, as looked back on as fondly as they would be if they had kind of gone away a lot sooner. Yeah. Overkill is the right word for it. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said, you know, nowadays, Shane pretty much does the heavy lifting with the storylines because Linda's in politics and Stephanie's mostly backstage now. And Vince is, I mean, Jesus Christ, Vince got old, man. I mean, he looks old. Yeah. He sounds old. He, he's seen better days. That That's for surely. Yeah, that, that that day is coming. And it's coming a lot quicker than probably some people want it to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing because at this point, we can look back and see just how many different Vinces there have been. Because there's announcer Vince, which is really high energy, high pitch, big, big body drop. He's going to do one, two, three. No, only two. Then there's Mr. McMahon, which is, you know, life sucks and then you die. And then there's subdued backstage Vince, which is, well, goddamn pal, we make movies. And then there's current old man Vince, which is, well, quite frankly, I'm, not referring to Tom Waits, the performer. I'm referring to Tom Waits, the competitor. So it's a far cry from classic Vince. That's for surely. Yeah. If you do ever listen to him on any of the conference calls, yeah, that's where it really comes across. Like it really strikes us how old he has gotten. But that, that I think that's a good explanation of the four stages of Vince. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, Brandon Thurston on WrestleNomics does a tremendous old man Vince impression. It's it's astounding. Check it out for sure. Um, but anyway, uh, we could sit here, Lee, and 
chat about the various McMahon deeds and misdeeds for hours, of course, but today we'll talk about their entrance themes, and we'll start off, <laughs> well, goddamn pal, with the patriarch, the big man himself, the chairman of the board, Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon, as Joe Briscoe would say, <laughs> and uh, Vince, his theme song, we all know it, we all love it, he first began using it in January of 99, and he's had it ever since. This is Jim Johnston featuring Peter Berserker off of WWF The Music Volume 4. This is No Chance in Hell. So there have been a lot of doom and gloom themes in wrestling, but this might be the most famous one of all. Um, it, it's not like Undertaker operatic devilry doom and gloom, but still, it's such an iconic dark theme. You know, as soon as that opening hits with the fuzzy guitar rumbling and the whispered chance, chance, I mean, that sets the tone right away that something bad's gonna happen. And with Mr. McMahon, that was usually the case. And I think this song both lyrically and musically, does a great job of instilling that fear, that idea that Vince is not just the boss, he's also the ultimate bad guy. Uh, perhaps in real life, as in wrestling sometimes, but, um, I mean, they say it over and over again, you got no chance in hell. I mean, it's right there, Lee, it's perfect. Yeah, I, I, like, there really might not be a more fitting song for a character than Vince, like their Mr. McMahon, coming out to no chance in hell. I mean, like you say, it's just constantly in your face. You've got no chance to, to one-up this man. You're not going to beat him. You can't get past him. And it just, like you say, it is it is that kind of deal where you're like, oh, no, here's Vince. Here comes Mr. McMahon. And it's just, it works so well. And the fact that they took it from a pay-per-view team to actually making it his song, I think it's just, that's something that they wouldn't ever try and do now. Like, Yeah, this was originally the theme song to the 1999 Royal Rumble, which is the one that Vince won, of course. Mm -hmm. And the song was first called I Guarantee It, and it was an instrumental. And the tagline of the show was No Chance in Hell. And they actually debuted this song, No Chance in Hell, as Vince's theme on the episode of Heat before the pay-per-view. It all lines up nicely there, for sure. Um, and what's great about it, too, is that there are levels to the doom and gloom. Because there are parts where it sort of lulls and cruises along, but there's still that sense of uneasiness to it. Then it gets to the chorus, and it just overpowers you with the vocals and the big metal guitars. No chance! Da -da 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 -da. No chance at all! And that was the same way with Vince, as well. I mean... Vince was not screaming his lungs out all the time, of course, but there was always that uneasiness, that sense that he could flip the switch any time. And when he did flip the switch, it was 100%. You know, you're fired. I want a divorce. So <laughs> Vince and this theme have pretty similar temperaments there, Lee. It's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Like, it, it fit the, the Vince character in, in that sense. Um, I love... The fact that the song is so sing along sing alongable as well, because the fans can join in on it. And it has that kind of fun bounce as well, but while while also, like you say, having that menacing tone. And it has those kind of ups and downs, as you say. Um like one of my one of my favorite moments at a wrestling show was um British Strong Style had a, a six man tag match in OTT. 
and the crowd started singing No Chance in Hell as um, Trent Seven and Pete Dunne did the Vince McMahon strut through the ring to the fans singing the song. Um, for me, it's just a real... Like, I, I can't think of a better word than an iconic team in wrestling history. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's everlasting, that's for sure, because Vince has had it for over 20 years now, and it's been used a million times, mm-hmm. so... Um, I think it's it's a song that even now, if it were to play, like fans in a, in an arena, a stadium, whatever, would would pop and stand up, you know. Right, right. Well, that that brings up my next point in that the no chance stuff is what makes up most of the song, and that's the catchiest part. Obviously, what people will remember the most, and that does the heavy lifting in the song. But there's only one verse in the beginning. And despite that, I think it still does a good job in getting across Vince's power. No chance of that's what you got up against the machine too strong. Greedy politicians buying souls from us are puppets. We'll find their place in line. Go tie a string around your finger now, boy, because it's, it's just a matter of time because you've got no chance. Like, Vince and the corporation are so powerful. This machine is so strong that... It can put politicians in line. Mm-hmm. Vince has the real power, not them. So it's just a matter of time before you, Steve Austin, before you, The Rock, before you, Headbanger Mosh, are put in line. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous, but it's also very effectively. Yeah, the, the song itself is telling you, you've literally got no chance. Nobody can stand up to this man. Like you say, no politicians, no wrestler. Nobody is, is strong enough to be, as it says, this machine. Right, right, yeah, and the fact that it's so funky too is great because, I mean, <laughs> you mentioned the Vince strut. If this song wasn't funky, if that if that wasn't there mm-hmm. and it was just like metal all the way through, we may never have gotten the Vince strut. You know, who knows, Lee? Oh, yeah, a metal song, it wouldn't be at all conducive to Vince strutting down the ring. Like, all you have to do is think of the song in your head and instantly you're almost doing the strut yourself because that's how linked they are. Um, but yeah, no, um, actually, like the funkiness of the song, I think is something that we, oddly enough, see throughout a lot of the McMahon songs on this show. There's a real funkiness to some of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is ironic because it's the McMahons and they are a very white family. So <laughs> um, that's a recurring motif in this episode for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, there was also an unused cover version of this song by Theory of a Dead Man from WWE The Music Volume 8, which uh, thankfully went unused because you just can't surpass that song, Lee. It's, it's impossible. No, it, it's nothing compared to the original. And what I did think of when I was listening to it was that um, it would actually be the type of song that maybe one of the grandkids would use. <laughs> like, you know, a, a new version of a, of McMahon is here, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, hopefully it never gets used. Right, right. So we go from the patriarch to the matriarch. Linda McMahon, former CEO of WWE, former member of the Trump administration, and two-time Senate race loser, uh, much to Vince's consternation. Um, and his wallets. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, that too, that too. Linda's theme is one we played not too long ago, actually, on the WrestleMania The Album episode. It's by Mike Stock and Pete Waterman, and it's the instrumental version of WrestleMania. 
So I don't think we need to get too deep in the weeds here with this one, because it was just played like two episodes ago. Um, my two main things are that it's a good thing this is an instrumental, because it'd be a bit weird if Linda came out to a song that sang about WrestleMania and the Big Boss Man and Tatanka and all those guys. <laughs> be a bit strange. Um, the other thing is, you know, this song is very colorful. It's very poppy and upbeat and fun. Linda, on the other hand, I wouldn't necessarily ascribe her those same traits. Uh, not the most dynamic performer in the world is dear old Linda. I mean, there was an entire storyline where she was catatonic in a wheelchair, and it was the most believable acting she ever did in her entire life. I mean, <laughs> so her getting this song here as a theme, bit of an odd mix. Um, I mean, there are worse themes to have, of course, like death metal or whatever, but still, she doesn't have that colorful personality to match this song, Lee. No, and I and you know what? I almost think that's why it works, because the song is so upbeat and, like you say, like such a good song, like a good poppy song, and then out comes Linda, and like, you know, and I'm not going to describe her, like, 56-year-old Linda McMahon comes strutting out to this song to cut a <laughs> promo on her husband. <laughs> and it's just... It's such a contrast because, like you said, she is so dry and so devoid of any charisma at all. <laughs> and then you have this song in the background. It's just so happy and puppy, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a, a funny irony there. I admit that, yeah. Um, I think I joked on the first WrestleMania episode of the podcast that because it's an instrumental... It sounds like a daytime talk show theme. Yes. Like yeah, The yeah. View or Wendy Williams or whatever. So you got like, you know, coming up on Linda, actor Bruce Boxleitner. Like, it has that nice, easy feel to it, uh, for sure. Um, but, you know, look, all joking aside, I brought up temperament earlier. It at least works as an opposition to Vince and his theme. Because Vince was the doom and gloom evil boss, but... Linda was often the counterbalance. She was the good boss, so to speak, who would set things right and help out the faces. Um, basically the opposite of her real-life political work. Um, <laughs> but but in any event, um, at least the song works in that context, Lee. Yeah, like you said, it's that, it's that contrast of Vince, and that's, that's where it really shows up. Um, I think they, they should really bring back, like, pay-per-view specific teams like with the WrestleMania one and like the early SummerSlam and Survivor Series teams. I think they were like a real, like they got you in the mood. Like when you hear the song, you're like, oh yeah, it's WrestleMania or it's SummerSlam. Yeah, they really don't do that anymore. Yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, there's money in the bank, I guess, but that's the only one I can think of right now. That, 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 um, that one is tainted though because that was... The Trump theme? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um I, I do think it's notable, too, that out of the four McMahons, Linda is the only one who never got a Jim Johnston theme. Vince, Shane, Stephanie, they all got one, but Linda never did. And I think the main reason for that is because out of the four, Linda was on TV the least. So that was probably a big factor, I think. Um, and also, you know, just thinking about Jim Johnston and the way he works, you know, when he's given a person to make a theme for... He gets their character, he gets their, their personality, and he goes from there. Mm -hmm. Linda never had that strongly defined character or that over-the-top wrestling personality like Vince or Shane or Stephanie. She's just Linda. She's a human saltine cracker. So <laughs> I, I don't even know what kind of song that you would even make specifically for her, Lee, because there's not much to work with, admittedly. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think um, all Jim is is digging into Linda's personality to find out what she's all about to make a team that might get used like twice in five years. <laughs> um, but like her, her as the character itself coming out to like the company song, I think works as well. Yeah, it, it does fit in that regard. I agree. Yeah. So up next, we'll take a look at the firstborn son, the original heir apparent, I suppose it's Shane McMahon, former hardcore champion, European champion, owner of WCW, and villain to stupid people everywhere. Uh, the thing about Shane is that he actually used a bunch of other people's themes 
before he got his own. Uh, from 99 to 01, he had like five or six other themes that he would use. And we'll play them right now in a nice little medley. Hit it, Johnny! So that was, in order, Jacqueline's theme, the Brawl for All theme, No Chance in Hell, the Corporate Ministry theme, and what an evil, diabolical group, led by Shane McMahon, um, and, and Big Show's theme. So it took a while before Shane got his own song, which is weird because he was all over TV during that time period. You know, he was wrestling in matches, winning titles, so I'm just surprised it took that long for him to get his own theme, Lee. Yeah, it's like really strange when you actually think about it that um, he never actually had a defined team of his own until like he owned WCW. <laughs> um, yeah, like I was stunned to find that he used Jackie's team. Like that, that blew my mind. Um, the the brawl for all team again. I had no recollection of that either. Um, but yeah, like so, so strange for a guy that was so heavily featured in 1999 and 2000 not to have his own specific character team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of those themes were short-term anyway, but it is strange considering, like I said, Shane had a lot of time where he was not just being, you know, one of Vince's goons. He actually had his own feuds, so very strange for sure. Um, but regardless, he did get his own theme finally in April of 01, and there are actually two versions of this song. Most people may not know this. Uh, the first version he had for about a few weeks or so, it's off of WWE Uncaged 5. This is Jim Johnston, and it's called Money Talks. Here comes the money. And a little weekend wager, but how long must I ride under your wing? I observe well, backing you on everything. I endured hell, now I gotta break the chains. It's time, can't you hear them yelling my name? Went from a small fry to the big McMahon. I was taught well, excel, execute, and plan. My daddy stayed blessing me, gave me a piece of the pie and the recipe, all like necessity, but he never let me be. Daddy. I'm a grown man, daddy. with my own plan, daddy. I'm my own man. Let loose, witness what you produce Get used to the proof that I'm the truth A real dynasty, cause you, you made me Now listen to what these ladies sing to me It's all about the money, money y'all Dollar bills, 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 y'all Dollar, 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 the dollar bills Sing, ladies Talk to them Talk to them, ladies So this is clearly the original version of Here Comes the Money and you listen to it, it does indeed sound like a demo, a proof of concept for what's to come later. Because you have a lot of the same elements in this song that you do in Here Comes the Money. Hip-hop, the Here Comes the Money female vocals, the cash register sound effects. 
And of course, the whole idea of the song, which is about the rich kid stepping out on his own and trying to surpass his dad, which in the context of the time period was what Shane was trying to do himself with the whole angle of buying WCW and the invasion. So all the concepts that we're familiar with with Shane's theme are here. It's just the first version of how those concepts are used, Lee. Yeah, like I, again, totally had forgotten about this version of the theme. Um, like you said, it very much feels like it was kind of rushed to production. So uh, Shane would have his own theme that wasn't just No Chance in Hell. Um, but yeah, like it, it does have the very same feel as what would become Here Comes the Money. Um I do like the like the whole theme of the song, the lyrics and all, is just Shane stepping out on his own from beneath Vince's wing, and he's here to be his own man, and that does conti- like cross both between both songs. Right, right. The thing is, though, it's like we're so used to "Here Comes the Money" that this one it does sound weird in comparison. I mm-hmm. think because there's not as much going on in this one as there is in "Here Comes the Money," both production-wise and lyrically. There's just one rap verse. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it works. You know, you have lines like, How long must I ride under your wing? I observe well, backing you on everything. I endured hell. Now I gotta break the chains. It's time. Can't you hear them yelling my name? I'm a grown man with my own plans. I'm my own man. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Like, it all makes sense here, but it just feels like a first draft. Like, you could do a lot more with it. And as we'll see with Here Comes the Money... They did do a lot more with it, so there you go. It it does feel like it's a song written specifically about Shane, you know, the character stepping out as his own man, and it, it is good. Like it is, like if it was just left as it was and never went on to become "Here Comes the Money," like it would be a good theme song, but it wouldn't be next level memorable. Mm-hmm. And I will say, though, that just the idea of doing a hip-hop theme for Shane, it's pretty brilliant. I mean, because what better way to differentiate the generations than with their music? You know, Vince has the doom and gloom and the metal and whatnot. Shane has the bling-bling flashy hip-hop. So, you know, you got Shane already being the cooler guy by falling off high shit and doing Van Terminators or whatever, but... Now he seems even cooler and even more of his own man because he has this cool, flashy hip-hop theme. So it works in that regard too, Lee. Yeah, like when you consider the time, like 2001, this was just, this would have been like, well, you know, to to people like me, like white, white suburban kids <laughs> like me, I suppose, like it would have been like super cool, kind of, oh my God, he's, he listens to rap music for whatever kind of rap music this, you would class this as. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, we must stress Shane, not really the most typical-looking hip-hop aficionado, that's for sure, uh, coming from Greenwich, but that's the recurring motif here on the episode, after all, is that clash of styles there. So So in May of 01, uh, Shane gets the second version of his theme, the one he has had to this very day. It's off of WWE Anthology. It's by Jim Johnston, featuring Naughty by Nature, and this is Here Comes the Money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, Now this is more like it. This is the proper Shane McMahon theme. The production sounds fuller, there's more beats and music and lyrics behind it, and it's just, it's a really damn good song. I mean, nowadays, you know, Shane has white hair and 
his skin turns beet red at a moment's notice, and he looks coked out of his mind half the time. But you know what? Whenever I hear, here comes the money, here we go, money talks. Here comes the money. Like, I still get that little endorphin rush, Lee. I can't lie. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't love Shane McMahon, the character, like, as of right now in 2021. But, my God, like, this song, I can't help but when this song comes on, just get that little, like you said, that, that endorphin rush, that, like, little, oh, yeah, this feels good. Like, um, it's just, like, it just brings me back. It brings me back to better times, this song. Mm-hmm. And it's just a more fun-sounding song, too, mm-hmm. which I think helps a lot. Like, the rapping, you can really feel the cockiness and swagger dripping off of it. And the rapping, once again, does a great job conveying Shane as this complete asshole rich kid who's going out on his own. See, first of all, I'm stepping out on my own. About time I elevated to claim my own throne. Success in my blood, call it homegrown. Pours reeking testosterone. Power and money got me crazy cocky. No longer need you, Poppy. I know you're mad because you can't stop me. Ching ching bling bling. Making monster money smelling just like a mint. Like, all the lyrics are so honed in on this character that there's no mistaking what the song is about or what the attitude is that it's trying to convey, Lee. Oh yeah, it it really is. Like, this, this along with No Chance in Hell is like, when it comes to WWE, like, these are like all-time top-tier entrance teams and again it for me it's just when you hear like you say here comes the money you just need to say it in your own head and you're instantly singing the song to yourself like this is a song that even like now i would have this on a spot like actually a couple of spotify playlists because it's just so ingrained in my being that this song like it's like you say it is just a good song yeah and again differentiating from vince no chance in hell a fairly basic song one verse, the chorus does most of the work. It's aggressive and intense. Here Comes the Money feels richer. Uh, no pun intended, I guess. <laughs> it, it feels like a more complete song with multiple verses. It feels more laid back and cocky. It has a big name artist, Naughty by Nature. And while No Chance in Hell is all about power, Here Comes the Money is about, well, money. You know, stacks of cash and bank vaults and retirement funds. So... Vince's theme may be about power and fear, but Shane's theme is about wealth and greed. Yeah, like th- this song doesn't try to hide who Shane is. He's not saying like I'm this, you know, poor kid that came up on the streets. No, this this song is telling you Shane is money. Like it says, like success is in his blood. It's you know, as poor as we could testosterone. Like it's just money is like when you think of money, you think of Shane McMahon. That's what this song is telling you. Right, right. Um, also, this is an aside, but. I love the part where it goes, I'm one smart cookie, the vet that smacks rookies. My stock's on top, your checks balance will mine boogie. Like, that part always gets me, Lee. I love it so much. Great, great set lyrics. It is ironic, though, that Shane has a theme song that's about breaking away from his dad because, as we all know, what Shane wants the most is for Vince to finally just hug him and say, <laughs> I love you and I'm proud of you, son. And goddammit, Lee... He's going to keep falling off of high things until he gets that fucking hug. <laughs> For Shane's sake, I hope he gets that hug soon. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. God. For his sake, for his muscles' sake and his bones and his kids. Like, there's a lot on the line there for that hug. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Again, and I think like you have to consider when this song, again, this came just a couple of weeks after the original you said. Um, again, like think of the time period we're in. We're in 2001. We're in peak invasion era. And again, like the song is all about breaking away from Vince. And again, it fits the character and and the time, you know? Yeah, it's pretty great for sure. Um, So we've reached the final McMahon family member here. Uh, The daughter, the billion dollar princess, the chief brand officer, wife of one Triple H. It's, of course, Stephanie McMahon, who, as we all know, Lee, was the founder of the women's revolution in WWE. Mm. It's all because of Hurley. She started women's wrestling in America. Who knew? That's right. At the tender age of, of negative 50. I mean, it's incredible <laughs> her accomplishments there at such a young age. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Stephanie, for a few years, also came out to other people's themes. Uh, she came out to Triple H's themes My Time and Game Time. She also came out to the ECW Invasion theme Bodies by Drowning Pool. And then in 02, uh, she became the GM of SmackDown and finally got her own theme. This is off of WWE Anthology. It's by Jim Johnston featuring Jackie O. Not the former Mrs. JFK, a different <laughs> Jackie O, the rapper. Uh, this is called All Grown Up. I'm all grown up now, and I listen and learn a true star. And I'm finally getting my turn. Took my L, burnt my spot. I'ma be here for a minute, sonny boy, if you like it or not. Why you think about chicks and whips? I'm on a yacht, though. Lay back, sun in my face, just like Pablo. A Tony Montana, the world is mine. Ain't a cloud in the sky that can stop my shine. I love it. I done came from the grime and grit. Now I'm on top, shining on some rhyme and shit. When you think about me, you think of the best. Like a full-length mink or a new Corvette. Yes, when I spit, consider the mess. About my past, six digits, nothing less. You think of Jackie O, you think of success. Success, success. I'm all grown up now. Gonna show this world how a woman takes on it all. Watch the old guard fall, I'm ready for the world to come to me. So Stephanie has her own hip-hop theme here, like Shane. Um, a bit more subdued than Shane's theme is. Uh, this is more R&B, has the sultry ladies singing in the chorus, but it does touch on a lot of the same trends as Shane's theme does, in that it's braggadocio, and it talks about how she's got all these nice things and will take the world by storm and be on top and be successful, and it's her time. I'm all grown up now going to show this world how a woman takes on it all and watch the old guard fall. I'm ready for the world to come to me, everyone to see. I'll make you believe I'm in control. It's definitely not as flashy as Shane's theme is, but you can see the similarities between the two, Lee. Yeah, like you said, it, it's not, like you said, it's not as brash and cocky as Shane's, but it does, like, it's very surprising that the McMahon children of all children would have these kind of hip-hop style themes. Um, I do like the, the one lyric, I took my hell and earned my spot, like for Stephanie to come back from post-invasion and be made um, Smackdown GM, I thought that really fit, like that's a really good little lyric. Um, but yeah, like you said, it really fits the same kind of, the same theme as Shane stuff, where she's learned her lesson, she's been under Vince's wing, and now it's her time to step up and, and be the woman, as it were. Yeah, that's the key difference there, is that this song touches more on like the actual hardships of the past than mm. Shane's theme does. Took my hell, earned my spot. I did came from the grime and grit. I took my setbacks, got knocked out, but I ain't sweat that. For years I've been hated on, spit on, and kicked on. So it talks more about struggling through adversity to get to the top than Shane's theme does. Um, now I imagine Jackie O is talking about herself there because, uh, let's be honest, I doubt that Stephanie... The boss's daughter had a bunch of real-life adversity to go through. But, uh, you know, in kayfabe, she took her lumps, you know, was kidnapped by Undertaker that one time and sprayed down with milk. So, you know, uh, I guess the overall message here is that that was the past. I went through some shit, but now I'm all grown up. I'm my own woman. I'm SmackDown GM, and I'm in charge now. So deal with it. Yeah, and, and it was such a contrast from, like, like the last time we seen her was like ECW era. So like she was still using bodies and whatever Alliance team they were coming out to. And again, this is just such a, such a contrast then to come out to this kind of R and B hip hop type song to be like, oh, okay. So this, this is like a brand new Stephanie. It's like a fresh start. And, and like the song touches on, she, she's had her losses and now she's back and she's a new person. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know, that message of being on top and being in charge, it does get a bit muddled when you have Stephanie on TV getting her ass smacked by John Cena that one time and doing <laughs> that father-daughter I quit match where Vince chokes her with a pipe and a few years later Randy Orton punts her in the head. So it's like 
she didn't really stay on top and last for long as the song goes, um, at least in a kayfabe sense there, Lee, so... No, it didn't last long, but you know it was a, f- a fresh start. <laughs> yeah, well, you can look it up <laughs> yeah. that way. <laughs> yeah, the intent was there at least, so yeah, that's something anyway. So, uh, in 2013, Stephanie got her second theme, which she still has today. It's once again by Jim Johnston, featuring Jackie O. It's called uh, <sighs> "Welcome to the Queendom." I'm never gonna be done, lean on in. Now welcome to the kingdom. The kingdom, where the kings bow down. They relinquish the crown. Y'all gonna hit me now. I just turn that around and make you love me, love me, love me. The kingdom, where the kings bow down. They relinquish the crown. Y'all gonna hit me now. I just turn that around and make you love me, love me, love me. Look at that girl there. Hips, lips, and hair. Walks with a flair like she just don't care. Nobody do her like she do her. the letter you got to respect her mama see off the meter she a go-getter with the speed of a cheetah live jab better so hot they sweat her like a sweater in a sauna elegant persona ready for drama zeros and commas all up in a bank book haters give a stank looks even when these cranks push she push harder no woman no man does it like she can and you can't put a dent in her armor Once again, uh, this is basically All Grown Up Part 2, except in this version, they take out pretty much any notion of battling through adversity to be the best to just simply being the best, which means the song is now a lot more obnoxious. And it definitely sounds more obnoxious too, because between the auto-tune and the lyrics and just the overall vibe, You can really taste the rich white woman arrogance coming off this one, Lee. It's very potent. Yeah, I I don't know if it's the song that I hate or the idea of the song that I hate. But God, (laughs) I hate this song. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, oh, it sucks so much. Uh, Like, even the name, Welcome to the Queendom, like, oh, to just reiterate what you just said, just, oh, it's just, and like you say, the lyrics, they just are so, like, self, like, self-made, soul-paid, uh, she stops, dudes there, chicks do too. It just, it drips with just like self-importance. Yeah, there, there's some real, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best energy with this one. It's it's very mm-hmm. overbearing for sure. Um, but I mean, at this point in 2013, this is when the authority is starting to pick up steam, which was basically the Corporation 2.0, you know, running the show and lording over the wrestlers. So, I mean, it at least makes sense then that Stephanie's theme would change to reflect that. She's no longer the new, fresh-faced authority figure on SmackDown making her way in the world. Now she's a queen, wherein the queendom, where the kings bow down, then relinquish your crown. Y'all gonna hate me now. I'll just turn that around and make you love me, love me, love me. Like, <laughs> it's essentially the same message as All Grown Up, but without that story of growth and adversity. So it's naturally just more heelish and arrogant, I think, Lee. So it it at least makes sense in that context anyway. Yeah, it takes away anything likable that there was about um, All Grown Up Now and just washes over everything with just, God, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um, I mean, there are some lines in here that do make me chuckle. So hot, they sweat her like a sweater in a sauna. <laughs> All up in the bank book, haters give a stank look. I mean, it's it's funny because, A, they're bad lines. Mm-hmm. But also, like, remember, it's Stephanie McMahon. I mean, like, forget about Shane. She has, like, negative hip-hop energy. I mean, her own husband listens to Motorhead and Metallica and cosplays Mad Max and wears skull helmets, <laughs> and you just know she's doing it all with him too, right? I mean, like, she has no hip-hop vibes whatsoever, but she's got two hip-hop themes. It's incredibly. Yeah, like like I mentioned before, like, the whole idea of the McMahon children coming out to hip-hop and rap 
is not what you would have ever considered happening in like the year 2000 before they either had their own songs like you wouldn't have thought that these two white rich kids would all of a sudden be coming out to rap it just it just yeah, doesn't but, fit in your mind's eye but how many like rich suburban white kids listen to hip-hop over the years a lot so yeah, yeah. I, I think it goes beyond just shane and stephanie and speaks more about larger pop culture trends there lee so mm-hmm. all right well those were the themes of the mcmahon family uh some classic songs for some classic characters in more ways than one, that's for sure. And um, I don't know at this point if we'll ever see all four of them together in the ring again, uh, doing an angle of some sort. But, I mean, look, it's WWE and they're the McMahons. I mean, until Vince kicks the bucket, there's always a chance that we'll see them all together again in the ring once more, Lee. It's just a matter of fact, really. I'd, I'd love to see just one more send-off of just them all together, whether it's like, opening a wrestlemania or something along those lines like where it where it's obvious that vince is too old which he is now but like just just give them one moment as a family maybe shane can get his hug on national television (laughs) (laughs) that's the uh the series finale of wwe that's how you close the company that's that's when you know it's been bought by disney (laughs) right yeah (laughs) shane i love you any way you want it, that's the way you need it. Like, end credits, we're done. Get out of there. <laughs> um, but God, yeah, like if if you ever want just to see them all together, it was one the Vince WrestleMania 22 promo where he does the McMahon family prayer. <laughs> that's a great moment that involves all four of them. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, Lee, thank you so much again for being here. As always, this was just a ton of fun. As always, Andrew, it was a great pleasure to be on the show, and I look forward to being on again sometime in the future, hopefully. Of course, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, Any plugs you want to give, go right ahead. Oh, yeah, I better plug my podcast. Uh, Days of Thunder, WCW Thunder, rewatch podcast that nobody asked for, but we do anyway. Myself and David Ryan, every two weeks, watch every single episode of the three-year run of WCW Thunder. Yes, we are insane. We watch <laughs> without any context. We don't read any dirt sheets. We very rarely watch Nitro, but we do watch the pay-per-views just to see how lost we are by just watching Thunder <laughs> and sticking to Thunder and see just how crazy things can get in between the four, like the week of taping and what actually happens on the pay-per-view. Um, yeah, we can be found on SoundCloud, any podcast trackers, Apple Pods, all the usual places you can find us. That's Days of Thunder. And we're on um, Twitter, at WCWThunderPod, and myself on Twitter, at Malone underscore 713. And I do occasionally, very occasionally these days, contributes to Voices of Wrestling, which is, of course, the best wrestling website. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen, for sure. Um, by the way, uh, where are you in the Thunder timeline? Okay, so Thunder, we have just reached December 1998. We are closing in on Starcade. I think we're about three weeks away on the next episode that we watch. So we're right at the peak of where things are about to really hit the fan. Mm. <laughs> And let me tell you, it shows on some of the shows because, yeah, we make the best of everything. But God, some of the some of the tapes thunders can be painful. Mm-hmm. The stun guns are coming, so <laughs> get ready there for that one. <laughs> um, by the way, I'm sure you saw the news already, but I do want to send out some love and good vibes to Mongo Steve McMichael. Yeah, uh, he did reveal recently that he's suffering from ALS. Lou Gehrig's disease, which is just, it's awful to hear about. I mean, he looks a fright and just a shell of his former self, but, yeah. you know, God bless him. I mean, we're all sending love his way because he gave us so much joy over the years, Lee, and just Godspeed to the guy. And I tell you, there's a guy that lived his dreams. That guy, you know, played in the NFL. He went on to become a, a very successful professional wrestler. It was like a, a wrestling TV announcer. Like, the guy lived many of people dream people's dreams you know so yeah it, it's terrible news and i hope i hope for the best for him but you know it's not looking good mm-hmm. yeah um i mean that's life you know you mm-hmm. you see your heroes grow up and get, get old, old and yeah. you see them die that's that's the way it goes 
Um, so, uh, a bummer ending here, I know, folks. I'm sorry about that. So, <laughs> um, But I do want to bring it up because it's Mongo, and we love Mongo so much here. Yeah, we love Mongo, yeah. But anyway, uh, Music of the Mat is, of course, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find all the great podcasts on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. If you want to discuss this episode or other topics, you can do so at the VOW Discord. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord. If you want to donate to the show, you can do that. Just go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash donate and click the big donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. And of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Lee, thank you again, and I'll see you around. Yeah, Andrew. Bye-bye. All right, for Lee Malone, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.